Welcome to Cancelled. We are into the second episode, so episodes three and four of the X-Files spinoff, The Lone Gunman. And, well, all right, well, hold on. Bob, because Robbie's here. How's it going, Bob? Hey, everybody. I'm doing really good. How you doing, Chris? I'm, uh, I fucked up my back. Oh, man. Like an old man. Like, I, being old. Like, I, <laughs> I have no excuse. Like, I didn't do anything. I'm just now half crippled. Like, you were just... Standing and your back was like, hey, by the way. Well, like, yeah, yeah, I exist. Yeah. yeah I'm so sorry, brutal. man. Uh, it's just, it's shitty because, like, I, I I went grocery shopping today and I'm walk, right. I'm using a cart, like a walker, right. trying to, like, limp around the grocery store. <laughs> and then I, I see, and, like, I'm the old person in the grocery store I always complain about taking too long. That's me <laughs> now. I'm like, taking 10 minutes to reach for something on a shelf. There's oh, some God. fucking young 20-year-old behind me like, oh, I want to hurry it up. But at least the old people I bitch about have the excuse yeah. of legitimately being old. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I got nothing. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, on the upside, you could do drugs. That's true. I don't have smoke any. Some, I just uh, smoked some weed. That's fine. Uh, which I, by the way, had to uh, smoke pot to watch this show now. Oh, That's yeah. where we've progressed. That's where we're at. <laughs> this show is is like there's only been a couple that have done for the podcast that like like Cop Rock right. had to smoke weed to make it through Cop Rock. Uh, the uh, Remo Williams and Kung Fu pilots we watched, <laughs> I definitely had to smoke weed for those. Oh God, this is right in That's there. So uh, what's going on with you? Anything interesting? Um, no, I, I had a little too much to drink last night, so my brain is a little. <laughs> yeah, what did you do last night? Uh, a friend of mine, there's like a, it's like a sad anniversary of sorts. We just got together to all be supportive uh, uh, of this tragedy that happened in our life, and then we all ended up really, really oh, drunk. Well, I'm, like, really sorry. I'm sorry about the tragedy. I didn't mean to fucking bring up a bummer for the podcast. Oh, no, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't mean it that way. It's, it's been years, but it's one of those things where you still want to gather around the person and be like, hey, it's going to be all right. Yeah, 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 for sure. You can cut this out if you want. No, just, <laughs> no it's for me, real, it was man. just a reason. This podcast is about two things: <laughs> horrible television shows and the truth. Uh, oh, speaking of which, Lone Gunman episode three. Um, yeah, I don't. So, <laughs> I I start time, off positive. Yeah, which is that I enjoy uh, alternate history stuff and like sci-fi and horror. Because I feel like it, it it grounds it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like this is set up in a way that, like, okay, World War Two happens. The premise is that they're trying to find this woman who was like po- like the famous poisoner in World War Two, worked for the Nazis, um, and it starts with this like black and white, oh, the march to war footage or whatever, um, which, which I like. I, so I, I'm with you. That's one of my favorite things. Yeah. Immediately, I was hooked on that part. Sure. I, oh, you show me old timey film, and I'm in. I'm yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's yeah, do this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that being said, somehow I managed to forget that Jimmy Bond is a character. <laughs> so the second he showed up, I was like, "Oh, this guy stinks." Oh God. Um. Although he does have a great line where they're like they're talking about the Nazis, and he's like, "Nazis, I hate those guys." <laughs> that really made me laugh. Um, I will also say this is a Frohickey episode, so I'm already it. Like you've, you're you're starting this off with things that I should like, right? And then I don't like this episode. Oh man, this is my least favorite episode so far. There's the biggest problem with this show is it's particularly episodes like this. These guys on the X Files were always the sort of comedic relief. Right. They were like they were useful characters. They provided real information, but there were these guys. They were kind of funny. That works as comedic relief in an already serious show. Yeah. But now you want them to just be that funny for the whole show, and it's not that fun. There's no, there's not enough jokes. Like it's, 
the funny is like fart noises. <laughs> like, right? Whoever like this is okay. So the premise of this show. Can we jo- get into the meat yeah, of yeah, it a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I agree with you, and this is like this is proof that they didn't know what they were doing. Whoever wrote this episode, I didn't look it up because I almost didn't want to hate them. <laughs> um, I get so the idea is that there's this like Nazi poisoner woman who's on the loose, and then the the team has been conscripted to help find out who she is right and the only way to really identify her is to check out a birthmark that's on her ass the whole episode is just an ass gag it's, like, it's, like, it's 100% accurate and I'll also add this the these guys are all really smart and f- complete idiots at the same time whereas the way they get the way they get sort of roped into discover, finding this woman or not is like they're gonna go do some other thing entirely uh, and this German guy shows up and, sa- and says, like, I'm trying to find this woman. She was a poisoner of uh, uh, French resistance work, like fighters. Mm-hmm. My father was killed. She, he was a French resistance fighter. She put a thing in the paper with, like, a guy, like, trying to find her long-lost son. Frohickey, you look like the long-lost son. Which, by the way, Frohickey in the Nazi costume in the uh, open of flashbacks is fantastic. So, who is He's so this good. tiny little Nazi. He's like, oh, it's fucking great. Uh, but... So this guy shows up, and he's, they're like, oh, we got to go help this guy find this Nazi. The moment he showed up, I'm like, that guy's a bad guy. He's right. selling down the river. You, they, this is three episodes in a row of essentially the same thing happening where someone shows up to tell them, like, this is what's going on, and it turns out they're <laughs> the bad guy. Three episodes in a row. They haven't learned to, like, think for one second. Maybe right. it's, you know, like, maybe don't trust this stranger <laughs> with a German accent and a bunch of Nazi memorabilia. Like, in fact, I think James Bond might have even said in this episode, like, do we really know? Any- he does. That's 100% <laughs> accurate. Jimmy Bond, at one point, like, he keeps, they're trying to make him less of just a functional retard, which he legitimately right. is uh, in this show. But, like, by, uh, by him going like, do we should we be trusting this guy? Like we don't know this guy, and everyone's like, "Gosh, oh, shut up, would you?" <laughs> like it's really starting to annoy me. Um, how li- like yes, the man's an idiot, but if you like, you can't be mad at him. There's a couple of the things in these two episodes where they're pissed at him because they didn't listen to him in the first place, <laughs> particularly in the next episode. And it's like, well, yeah, but you guys should have fucking at least paid a little bit of attention. <laughs> Uh, oh, good. They just don't get it. And it happens twice in this episode where he, they're fooled by a bat, like him and then the neighbor. Spoiler alert the German that Frohicki goes in. Un- so Frohicki has to go in undercover to try and see this old woman's ass. <laughs> the entire plot of this episode. Uh, I, I love that that's a, like a national. Like, he has this NSA, whoever he is. They don't right. even ask. They don't even ask what agency you're No with. clue. Yeah, yeah. The idea that he's like, listen, I'm sanctioning you on this mission. Go look at this old lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to, and like, for Hickey, doesn't want to do it, but then he's like, okay, well, if I'm going to do it, then you got to give me, because everyone in her family has this birthmark on her ass shape, like Germany. Uh, you got to give me a birthmark. And it's like, that's his revenge, <laughs> just having to show, he gets to show them his ass. It's. It, that's the level oh, of comedy God. we're dealing with in this episode, the uh, and that's why this show isn't working because there's no stakes. Like I guess in this thing it's supposed to be, oh, well, Frohicky might get poisoned, but that doesn't like that's kind of stakes for him. I guess for them, if I cared about them enough, right? The stakes like you go from the first episode where like they're gonna start a war and do nine eleven uh, to this where it's like they're kind of trying to catch an old woman right. by looking at her ass. <laughs> this like I can't. There needs to be some level of of danger for like 
the, they have to be exposing big plots. You know what I mean? Exactly. And they're just not so doing that. There's no, there's nothing. If, if they're not even after this woman, like it's so. God, this episode was just bad. <laughs> they really You're are. Right. She like she hasn't murdered. I mean, she's murdered people, but she isn't. She hasn't shot anybody. She's right. not stabbing anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, all he has to do is not eat, and he'll live. Like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's exactly it. That's the only thing he has to do is not eat, and he almost fucks that up. Right. Uh, Langley absolutely fucks it up. Well, spoiler alert: it turns out it's not her. It's her neighbor right. who like put the the release of the son's photo out in her name to whatever uh-huh but that oh, the second she showed up like because they're like uh the two of them are sitting in the van like staking out the house while Frohicki's inside and this neighbor shows up and is like what are you doing here are you the cops what's going on uh you can't be playing grab ass in here <laughs> she thinks langley's a girl yeah. that's the big gag i guess uh the second she showed up i'm writing like oh she's the bad guy along with the other one like she's the poisoner not this person because this whole show is the switcheroo that's the only thing they do they telegraph everything so badly just openly so you know exactly what's going to happen i will say this this is the first episode that i noticed that eve always has perfect film noir lighting have you you seen this yet i have not noticed yeah well now you won't be able to not see it yeah yeah every time you could be everyone else is in complete shadow her face is just half lit (laughs) oh that's great uh and i'll buy that and also i'll say this about eve she's terrible she's a terrible actress and that says something when the like the main characters and the best actors are the three guys who are the main characters <laughs> on the show who are also not the best of actors, right? They're Maybe. fine. <laughs> Frohickey's pretty solid, but yeah. like uh, otherwise, they're all kind of boring. Um, Maybe they sandbag the rest of the show. They try and make them look, look better. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> like I really wouldn't be surprised. Um, there's just this this episode. Ha- f- like I, the only level that this episode succeeded for me on, and I uh, worked. Mm-hmm. Was the relationship between Frohickey and the old woman oh. who's supposed to be the poisoner who isn't so adorable? Yeah, because like, the they eventually like he eventually turns to like not think it's her, but then the maid dies. By the way, the maid was the creepiest woman. And when she oh, opened man. the door, I was like, "Oh, uh, this woman's a fucking poisoner for <laughs> certain." I have so many notes about the maid. I was just like, "Who is this person? She doesn't ever speak. Is she a slave?" She in does. This house? Yeah. <laughs> she just eats food out of the trash at one point. Like, what is going she on? One hundred percent eats that chocolate tart out of the trash, and then <laughs> dies because she said the tart's poisoned. But uh, but yeah, why she doesn't speak? She's some weird mute woman yeah. that like does laundry and has to eat out of the garbage. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, and then she dies, and Frohicki thinks that, oh, maybe she is the poisoner after all, but you know, she's, she's not. But there's this moment at the end where she's where he's, like, apologizing to her. Uh, it's like, sorry, you didn't find your son. And she's like, I did find my son for a day at least or whatever. Yeah. And, like, they hold hands. I was like, oh, that's actually, like, kind of touching in its own weird way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's sweet. It's sweet. And that it's odd to me that that is the tone they pull off well on the show. I know, Not the right? rest of the goofy sci-fi <laughs> that all flops, but this one nice human moment is like effective. Sheesh. Oh, I was going to ask you a question actually uh, about the. I was going to say, as far as things go in this episode, a victory for me in this episode, they finally call the cops. They finally call the police. (laughs) That's true. After two people have been murdered, by the way, they don't call when the maid gets murdered. 
No, I they, remember. They yeah. don't call the cops when a maid gets murdered because they're like, they're like they're, I mean, like an ambulance comes and takes her away or whatever. Right. But they don't call the cops and go, this woman's a fucking poisoner. Check that woman for poison. Like, they don't do any of that right. until the second old woman dies at the party at the end, which is not even a party. It's like a funeral for the first woman that got murdered. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. The other thing that's effective in this episode, and it's, I don't know how they pulled it off, maybe the best pulling off a mask... Oh, yeah. Effect I've ever seen. So he does, like, Jimmy Bond comes in too. done up as the Nazi son or whatever uh, to save the day. And he's got, like, you know, the classic Mission Impossible style fucking mask on. So it's that for an actor. And the effect that I don't know what they did with the effect of them pulling off that mask, you never lose shot for a moment. And it looks like that dude's face the whole time. I, like it's, a, it's a really good practical effect. It was. It was amazing. That yeah. was the one scene where I was like, what? How did they? What did they? <laughs> Did they spend the whole budget on that one? That's, that's exactly what they must have done. Because I feel like the rest of it is just this one set. Yeah. It's just there in the van. Like, that's the rest of the show. Uh, um, it was just sort of a lackluster one-off episode. And Like, if the show doesn't... I'm, I was watching this thinking that if the show doesn't start to improve, then I totally understand why this show was canceled immediately. Like, yeah. only got 13 episodes. Because, like... I, at the time, X Files was high enough that they were doing spinoffs. Like you would have thought they would have had enough faith to give it like a full season run. But it, this was, if it doesn't get better than this, it does not deserve it. This is this is definitely one of those episodes that really makes no sense. It's just a filler episode. It doesn't yeah. make any sense why they made it episode three. This should have been like yeah, yeah, seven, eight, something. Yeah, yeah further down the so line, where they're just, just filling. Like a, we were bored and we didn't know what else to do, so we just threw this in there for a minute. But that's kind of the other thing that's wrong with this show is that there's no. Sort of overarching story, really. Yeah. And they set up like there was going to be with like Frohickey, or not Frohickey, with um, the, the, the clean cut fucking bureaucrat one. I can't remember his name. Oh, yeah. His name was um, my head. Barry, let's just call him that. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. Uh, that him and his father in the first episode, they're going to be like exposing government corruption. They haven't done any of that since. Yeah. And there's no, other than, like, I mean, Eve's around, but that's just a character. There's no, like, big mystery they're working towards solving or anything like that. So if every episode is just a filler episode, every episode is just a standalone story with nothing to tie them together. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way. It's true. They need an overarching mission. And that's the reason why X-Files worked was because of that there was this overarching huge mythology with the aliens and the government conspiracy and everything. Right. And then those were sprinkled throughout these Monster of the Week episodes. And that and the same thing with Buffy. It's the same thing with any of those sort of shows. Yeah. They need something to tie them together to make it more than just a essentially an anthology show with the same characters. <laughs> Uh, so I guess the, they hadn't decided what mission they should put these guys on, aside from their fighting for truth and justice in the American way. Right. So all the, it literally is like one big government conspiracy has to happen, and then they spend the whole rest of the season trying to stop. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's it. And like obviously they need monster of the week, so you keep it going. You give you a little bit of this ad information in the background, changes the show's dynamic completely. And the fact that they didn't do that to begin with, I just don't understand. What they were trying to do with this show then. Like yeah. that, honestly, I feel like they set out to write a cartoon where they're like, you know what I enjoyed doing? Yeah. Watching Looney Tunes as a kid. Let's yeah. let's, uh, <laughs> let's make a live action version. And half the time that's what it feels like. The, yeah. You know what I mean? He's doing like a Bugs Bunny creep in the room. That's very true. Bro <laughs> Hickey's like dressed like a girl, like he's gonna be like a hot whatever. Yeah, it's weird. Um 
the other thing I will I notice in this episode, and then we can move on to the episode that I actually liked. Uh, apparently, Langley only wears Ozo Motley t-shirts. Because oh, I didn't even notice. It, it's been at least two, <laughs> if not three, episodes where he has been wearing an Ozomot, like uh, the logo prominently displayed. I'm not sure, like, does he know someone in that band? Oh, they also so were funny. never that popular <laughs> that they were going to be, you know what I mean? They were it like an underground be. thing. So, like, the it fact that, that like, be. I guess maybe they were cool at the point. They're like, oh, see, we're hip. We oh, know Ozomotly. Uh Episode four? Yeah, man. Oh. Episode four, I kind of liked. I'm going to be honest with you. This was my favorite episode. It was legitimately, like, from beginning to ending, I loved this episode. And when I first, the first time I watched it, I was like, am I... Am I enjoying this just because I've been beaten down? Like, this, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Is this just, uh, I forget the term right now, but I, I, I watched it again the second time. I was like, no, this is exactly what the show should have been. Right. Like, everything about this episode was pitch perfect, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, the opening sequence is fantastic. I wrote that, like, the, for, it, for the first time, it actually feels like the show knows what it wants to be. Yeah. Like, it's getting the humorous tone and doing it well. The, like, the casting of all the young... Lone Gunman, because like it opens with like a flashback sequences for all three of them of like kind of how they became this young Fro Hickey jumping on that fucking football player's oh, back so is great, <laughs> just, uh, just beating the shit out of him because of because of like a, an argument over what car is faster. <laughs> like it's like it's just so weird because the other two were like really spot on. Like the one kid's like, when I grow up, I want to be a bureaucrat and so blah blah blah. blah. So it's like perfect. Hacker kids like hiding in the in the barn <laughs> using a computer. <laughs> that dad being like, uh, typings for women, so or whatever the fuck he says, which is hilarious. Uh, but then Fro Hickey's thing is him just like man of action, like jumping, <laughs> taking down this football player who's two feet taller than him to argue over a car. Like it, they really nailed it. Um, and then he turns and there's girls over off to the side, and he's like, hey, yeah, he's like, yeah, hey, yeah, he's yeah, exactly yeah. his character. Yeah, he's perfect. Um, Jimmy Bond again. This is an episode where they're. I still hate him. I still fucking. It's such a one note, stupid character. I, I will say his opening was pretty good though, where he does the thing where he just says incorrect stuff throughout the whole speech. Uh, yeah, the voiceover, the great, yeah, the great yeah, president, yeah, yeah. like Winston Churchill, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that was pretty good. Uh, I forgot about that honestly, but the re- like they're continuing on this path of trying to. Sm- like make his character less dumb. I think they realize like if this character is clearly one hundred percent wholly inept in the way he has been in the f- last two episodes, then there's really there's nothing they can do with him. If he's right. just a joke, like if he's just a guy that shows up to bumble and spill the evidence, like there's only so many times you can do that gag. Uh, so they're trying like slowly to smarten him up. Uh, and they're doing it, by, like I said in this episode, where they're just refusing to listen to him while he says real information. Yeah. Like the so, f- this is this. Uh, it worked, but it annoyed me, and it's just a dumb thing. Uh, so the the lone gunman guy goes to the Freedom of Information Act office, which appear- which I like the way they set up, like that he's there every fucking week, just annoying this guy <laughs> with requests and never getting an answer. But he's like, I'm, I want that fucking, and he's literally just asking for like. The missing tape minutes of the fucking Watergate <laughs> right. tapes and like 
like the information on who shot JFK. He's just writing it down <laughs> as if the government, like he found a loophole where if he writes it down, the government's be oh fuck, you got us, and they have to give it up to them. Like just, I love that, like just straightforward approach of his. Uh, uh, but so he get there, like one of your requests got approved. Here you go, and they give him this box, and it's all heavy. Uh, and when he gets to the home and opens it up, there's a fucking cinder block in it. Um, which means though. He's like he got the the email earlier that his uh, my request had been approved. Come down and pick it up, but that means that like that prank of the cinder block that goes up the chain of command. Like it's not <laughs> yeah. it's not just that dude at that office who he's been annoying. Somebody else had to like send the email, approve the request, like <laughs> all that shit. There's like multiple levels of a conspiracy. <laughs> To send this dude a fucking cinder block in a box, which I actually really enjoy. Uh, God, I didn't even think of that. That's hilarious. Um, Jimmy Bond finds the inf- like the one piece of there's like under the brick. There's this one piece of information, and he keeps trying to be like, "Hey guys, there's this thing in here." And they're like, "Ah, oh, shut up, you fucking idiot!" And he's like, "No, look, there's it's not all blacked out. You can read some of it." They're like, "Ah, we don't want to read shit." Like they just <laughs> refuse to listen to him. You work in this thing where, like, you your whole life is finding little pieces of paper with information on them and exposing things, right? Yeah. Maybe listen for five seconds. <laughs> right. Just, you are the worst journalists. Their whole thing is they're supposed to be journalists exposing the truth. They have no nose for being lied to or for, like, oh, that might be important. They have zero, like, sense for that. It's just, I don't. I'm liking the like I like this episode very much. I'm liking these characters as characters less and less right. because of shit like that. <laughs> I think it was even uh jumping a little bit ahead. What's even funnier is later in the show, maybe like 10 minutes later, uh it's they're on their mission now. So maybe we should talk about that, which is yeah, yeah, I actually yeah. really this is what thing. This is the first I like time, it very much. This is the first time they have a real conspiracy, which is like the government at some point there was a guy who designed a car who could run on water. Right. And then the government or some group came in sort of like squashed, squashed that project yeah, yeah. and made him never talk about it again because they were afraid it was going to affect oil costs. So, or, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's the initial setup is that like right. the, it would drive the oil biz- industry out of business. So this is a great conspiracy, on water. right? The yeah, government, yeah. somewhere out there is a car that runs on water and the government's hidden it from the people because right. they don't want people to know about it. Or uh, the, the uh, oil industry has done it. Yeah, yeah. Great conspiracy. Absolutely. Ten minutes in, it's also Jimmy Bond that's like, wasn't it kind of convenient that we got a that, page? Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, what? It's a little weird that we just that was just in the box right. with the right number on it and stuff. He's been searching for this for years, and suddenly a paper just shows up. up at his desk at his fucking front door. And yeah, and everyone's like, "Shut up, Jimmy!" Like right. nobody will give him the time of day. Although, what's funny to me is like they they. They are trying to make him less retarded, but then in this episode, they literally give him retarded strength because they're driving in this van, and they get a flat tire, and they don't have a jack, so he's like, I'll lift up. He gets a log, and he gives it to one of the guys, and he's like, I'm going to lift the van up enough that you can slide that log under the axle, and fucking we'll fix the tire. So he, like, fucking spits in his hand. He does that whole thing. He stretches a little bit. He bends out and picks up the van and then just flips it over into a river. Like, he literally picks it up and then flips it backwards. That's not normal. And there wasn't enough of a hill that for them right. to be on for it to just be, oh, it was on the side of a bankman and it was tilted that way already. He literally just flipped a fucking a, a full-size VW bus just over into a lake. Uh, that's got to be the setup of something, right? Like, later... No, that he has superpowers? I yeah, don't think so. Or, or <laughs> that he, like, he's a government robot that's been following him around for... That would be fucking 
awesome. Right. If halfway in <laughs> this show, Jimmy Bond turned out to be like a small wonder fucking android. Oh, oh that'd be great. It got struck by lightning, like short circuit. Now it's like thinks it's alive. Oh, man. Oh, no man. That would be fantastic. <laughs> um, I, there's, a, there's a gag with a cow. Where Langley oh, God, and Jimmy Bond end up at this farm. They're chasing this car down. They meet this woman who Frohickey knew as like has been bothering forever because the woman's the daughter of the guy who made Designed the fucking the car, water car. Right. Um, and he show they show up at her house and she fucking freaks out at first, but then she's like, Oh, there's some information, blah blah blah, whatever. So they, they find a clue that leads them in this one direction to this farmhouse. That she was when they were kids, they used to play with together with the kid who like right. their dads were the people. The guy who owns the farm and her dad were friends, and they would play there. Uh, so they go there, and the guy's like, "Are you here for JT?" And they're like, "Yeah, of course we're here for JT or whatever." But JT's a bull that they have to anally palpate. <laughs> so fucking Langley has to. Your expression when you said that, I, I feel was, like we should honestly. Learn. I was very proud of the fact that I remembered the term anally palpate. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you really fucking pulled that one out there, buddy." No pun like, intended. We should. For me, this is when I started going. All right, I'm going to start keeping track of the butt gags in this show. Like I'm just going to keep a counter. There but. is a lot of butt gags in this show. That's very true. Uh, uh, animal butts, people butts people doesn't butts. matter. Uh, so he has to do that. Uh, <laughs> but there's a gag there where Jimmy doesn't know, of course, because Jimmy's a fucking idiot again. Uh, that he doesn't know <laughs> that it's a, a male bull, it's a bull and not a cow. And he's like, "Why does it just have that one big udder in the back?" And they're like, "That's how to, that's balls." Like, uh, it's like if you pull on that, that thing's gonna kick your friend fucking halfway through the wall, which they, which is a setup for the end of the episode where he saves the day by yanking on that bull's dick, apparently. <laughs> uh, there's like a which, showdown. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to it in a second, but like there's a showdown and it, to stop the guy from shooting his friends, Jimmy Bond dives and pulls on this, pulls on this bull's dick. This, there's yeah. no other, that's the gag. And not gently. Like no, aggressively. he dies, catches it, and <laughs> yanks the dick, which makes the bull kick and kick the guy with the gun, which is was set up here earlier. So at least I will say this, they have the decency to set up and pay off that gag. Yeah. Right. They, they don't just have him do that out of nowhere. Cause it'd be weird, but they, and they don't just like mention the thing early and don't pay it off. They set up the gag, they pay it off. I feel like that's writing one oh one, but I'm going to give it credit where credit, where, where like where Compared they get to the it. The first it. three episodes, this was lit. This was, this was skillful. This is masterful comparatively. Like I'm not sure who wrote this episode. I, I looked it up because I liked it so much. I don't remember who it was though. They did a good job, and I agree. The dick thing paid off, and I was uh, I laughed. Honestly, I genuinely laughed yeah. out loud when it happened. I was I like, did. "All right, that's fine. I'm that's like, well done." Well, you caught me off guard. I was not expecting that ending. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's another part of the ending that I wasn't really expecting, which was that weird like. It feel like it was the oil companies that paid for this episode. Uh, anti-car that runs on water speech at the end. Yeah. Where, like, the woman says, like, oh, okay, we found... So, there's a... Right, we're jumping ahead a little bit. <laughs> so, they get to the the, uh, the farm. They find out that there's a missile silo, because there's an army base nearby, that they think the dad hid the car in. Uh, but it turns out the guy who owns the farm is selling them out to this bad guy, Olga, that's been chasing them. Uh so he tells them ahead of time, they're going to blow up this missile silo. Like, the government is preparing to, like, blow up this, demolish this missile silo yeah. and build some new shit on it's top of it. It's an old Air Force base. And it, coincidentally, it's an Air Force base that has all these really old government 
uh, like piece storage. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's yeah. like they're storing documents and yeah, shit. Yeah, it's there. like the Indiana Jones warehouse at the end of uh, <laughs> the first movie. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then they're just wandering around in it, not looking at anything. Like we got to find the one box. Let's there is here. no security on that base whatsoever. <laughs> Jimmy Bond gets dressed in a fucking uh, like Air Force uniform or whatever. And just, like, they don't even... There's so little security, they don't show how he got on the base. Literally, just being in that uniform is enough. So he's, like, in this room looking for the box of information or whatever. Uh, just that's where we pick up the shot. At which point, somebody shows up, they fight for a little bit, and it turns out the person who showed up is fucking the film noir fucking Eve. Eve, Har- yeah. uh, Eve Harlow shows up. So she can get on fucking base, too. Like, everybody can just walk <laughs> onto this goddamn base. Like, it's so lax in security that the only two people we see on base are people who aren't supposed to be there. It's fucking ridiculous. Uh, at the same... So then they, like, they off of that information, they figure out what's missile silo they think the car is in. And they get down, uh, so the three of them go down to find it while they're like the clock is counting down to the thing being demolished. Um, they go from like complete ineptitude to ninja like strike team right? at the drop of a fucking dime. <laughs> this whole episode, they've been one step behind everybody. They're kind of dumb. They're way, like, Frohiki is so obsessed with finding this car because when he was a kid, he once went on a ride on it and it was the most magical thing and what it would do to change the world and blah, blah, blah. So they, like, the whole, he's so, like, so f- focused on that that he's missing everything else and he's a complete fucking dummy, as the rest of them are. And it goes from that to, like, they're in fucking full Mission Impossible gear and they've infiltrated a fucking nuclear silo which they make <laughs> they make a point of saying in the beginning of the episode uh, i'm sorry i got really upset at this uh because i do like this episode but the logic here pissed me off they say in the beginning of the episode or at least when they figure out where the car is that your that your dad was smart he hid it in the single most secure place in the world a nuclear silo they don't even bother to show us how the three of them got inside that the most <laughs> secure place in the world. They're just down there in their little fucking ski masks right. or whatever. There's nothing. There's not a, them, a shot of them jumping over a fence. They're just in it. Uh, that annoyed me. Because, like, that's a perfectly see. good ex- moment to show them have some sort of fucking skill. Yeah. Like, to make them more than just these bumbling goofballs. And they just completely pissed off. They pissed it away. It, that bothered me. I, I, I thought I thought I missed something when it happened. It went just for like one jump cut. Yeah. And I'm like, what? They're just they, down there. What are they? And then everyone's outside freak. Jimmy's like, oh, God, the clock's counting down. <laughs> and then it blows up. They, they really are. 100%. <laughs> and like, here's the other thing that annoys me in that scene. So the clock's counting down. Uh, me and, and they're like on a their radio contact with Eve and Jimmy and the three guys downstairs are down in the, the silo. And uh, they look up and see the oil guy driving this truck away with what they assume is the car on the back. So they message, hey, get out of there. You got to get out of there. They already found the car. There's no point. The bomb's going to go off. Maybe you're, you're, they were, when they're saying this, 100 yards from the people right. with the fucking detonator. <laughs> you yeah, can't just he- run, he- go, hey. Just, just it literally all it takes is cup your mouth and yell, hey, there's somebody down there. They would stop the detonator. Like, just wouldn't that be sure. better? Just yeah, to yeah. make sure. Just to make sure. Nope, they make no effort. They just let the fucking bomb go off and go, oh, no. Uh, that being said, after the bomb goes off, it's like a, that's clearly where the commercial would have been. They're supposedly trapped in the ground underneath. 
the next cut is it's now nighttime, and Jimmy has been what with just like a pickaxe and a shovel trying to <laughs> dig them out of the missile silo. That's just a giant pile of rubble. Like this is an impossible task. But I liked. That's the first time I liked Jimmy Bond. Yeah, he's crying it, it, and he, digging. It's adorable. He, he had the, the he's like a golden retriever that like you ever see those things where like the guy comes back from war like the, the somebody dies in war and the dog won't leave the coffin or whatever. Yeah. That's him. He's just a big that, fucking dumb golden retriever. <laughs> uh and now that I like that is where I think of that character. I kind of like him. Um, yeah, this is a redemption episode for all of them, I feel like. This is the first time that I was like I really sincerely liked this episode. Everything about this episode. If this had been the first one of the series, I think it would have gone further and built a bigger audience. Yeah, or if this had been more like if this had, uh, I think honestly, I still think the first episode is a great pilot. Well, okay, um, maybe second, episode, maybe second episode. Like if they the... had just sort of not done those from three and four, yeah. and then done more episodes <laughs> like this, basically what we're saying is if the show had been better, we would have we would have liked it. We would have liked it more. Um, the guys show up. They it crawled out of a ventilation tube mile down the road or whatever, and they come walking up. Um, More evidence off screen of their ninja like of abilities. their fucking ability. <laughs> and I get. I the think maybe like it's level. clearly a choice, right? They're clearly making a choice to not show them be badasses. Why? If you're trying to get nerds to like like this, you know what nerds want to be? Fucking badasses. Right. So let them see their nerd heroes be badasses. They'll love this fucking show. Uh, you can tell how like frustrated I am with this because I like this sh- episode and I like these characters and I just really want this fucking show to be better. And it's like simple f- fixes. It's not even like it needs a complete overhaul at this point. They can do goofy shit. Just do it well. Um. So what I was saying, which led us down this path, was the other the other thing that felt out of place to me is the speech the daughter gives. At, like, so they they find out afterwards that the oil guy didn't get the car. Right. The father hid it on the farm in plain sight at the, what looked like an old broken down tractor, uh, but it's really the water car. And the daughter says, oh, it's amazing that we found it. Now we have to destroy it. And they're like, why? What are you talking about? Because a car with water... Car made with water would destroy the world because one, the economy would coll- would would go through the roof. It wouldn't collapse. It would go through the roof, which I actually thought was an interesting take Angle. on it. Yeah. So the economy would go through the roof, which would make more people buy cars. Uh, so now, what does uh, what are tires made out of? What are all the other parts of the car made out of? Oil. What are the roads? We're going to have to build more roads if there's 400 million cars as opposed to 200 million cars. That's more oil. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So there's this whole thing about how if we do make this, it's going to be worse than if we just keep going with oil. The oil guy shows up and he's like, no, that's fucking stupid. We're running out of oil. <laughs> like that's literally the oil guy shows up and he's like, that, that's a retarded argument. But he's, he's a like, hero now. He is, but, he's, but he, they have to make him a bad guy. So he's like, we're going to make a billion dollars off of this and we're going to save the planet. Which is like the epitome of what we – like if people think libertarianism and the free market is going to save the world, this is the epitome of that argument, right? Yeah. Which is that the government – the company has found a way to make a billion dollars, do it by saving the environment. Everybody fucking wins, right? No. Uh, they have to make him a bad guy, so he's like, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, but too bad there's these witnesses, and he's going to shoot. He's going to kill everybody <laughs> in the barn. Why? I don't know. I, I guess, don't know either, man. I guess so he can steal the thing. 
But technically, here's my problem with this. I, so yeah, this is where my like, oh god, this entire ending was terrible. I loved the, this episode, but the ending was terrible. And this is my problem with it: is that he already paid Farm Dude for the car. He already legally owns it. He doesn't have to shoot anybody. That's a valid point. They do set that up early <laughs> yeah. that the that the father was fucking funded by the oil company to make this car because like the oil companies knew they were running out, like the planet's running out of oil. Uh, peak oil, by the way. If you're into conspiracy theories, go fucking read up on peak oil. There's a documentary I watched. Uh, this dude named it might be Michael Rupert. I think it's Michael Rupert. Uh, he was like a big conspiracy theory guy, but now his whole thing is the planet's running out of oil, and you got to be ready because if the planet runs out of oil, everything stops, and we go back to the fucking Stone Ages where we're gonna be growing our own food and hunting elk and shit. Um, but he made this documentary where it's just him being interviewed about whatever and like telling like what his vision of the fucking world is without Wait, oil. He made a documentary that's just him getting interviewed. Or I, maybe somebody else made it about him. I'm oh, not sure okay. the who the, who actually made it. But I the whole thing is the whole thing idea. is like him in a chair talking and then like cut the you know video footage and whatever. Uh, and do I believe it? I don't know. Maybe. It's not really much of a conspiracy. We're either running out of a finite substance or we're not, which we probably are on some level. Um, but I'll tell you what. Get really high, turn off the lights, and watch that documentary. It's like the best horror movie you've ever fucking seen in your life. <laughs> it's like literally just like your world's coming to an end, motherfucker. And it like makes enough sense that when you're stoned, you follow it and you feel like a fucking detective because you're like following the, the trails. Yeah, it's pretty good. I All recommend right. watching it. Uh, if I um, can remember the name of it, I'll put it at the... Send it to me. I will totally watch it. Uh, it was on Netflix for a while. Stockholm Syndrome. Okay. <laughs> That's where the... Oh, God. That's what you I'm think so you sorry. have from this show? Yeah. At the beginning of this episode, this recording, I was like, I don't know if I actually like this episode or if it had just been punishing me. I was trying to find Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> My brain was like, what is the term for that? Where you're, where you're tortured into believing you're captors are your friends um yeah i mean that's kind of these two episodes this is sort of a short podcast but there's not a whole lot of meat this the 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 unfortunate part of this show is just that it's fluff there's not a ton of stuff to sort of unpack and if they had like like i was saying earlier just one just something that ties this show together more than this, the three guys are friends. If there was some mystery they were working to solve, even if they had some shit for like David Duchovny had showed up in the first episode and was like, guys, I got to go, but you got to work on this for me while I'm gone or right. whatever. That would have been like the perfect tie in. And I, the fact that they, I don't know why they didn't like, maybe, maybe they were waiting to a later episode to do something to like do that. a crossover. Like, hey, we'll and do they a just couple got fluff episodes just to get the audience into what we're doing. I mean, this would have been a great episode in my opinion. You've got this great villain guy who is kind of dark, mysterious, brilliant. He has uh, motiv- he's motivated. Yeah, yeah. His goal is money and, Saving the country from running out of oil. Like, that would have been a great arc. This guy yeah. could have been their villain. This could have been the villain the whole time, for yeah. sure. For or this sure. season, and it would have been fun to follow. But yeah, yeah. I just ditched him. <laughs> and I want to say at the end of this episode, because I was listening to that argument she was making about how it's going to push the economy through the roof. Right. I'm like, false premise, lady. This is a, Your entire argument is false. Because... That same engine will work in a locomotive. We don't have to build more cars. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Buses that now don't put out, pump out gas. It was just yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's the only part that was, it was like some... This, the motor would be just to, like, we could just use that as an engine to produce electricity. Like yeah. a turbine. Everybody oh. fucking wins. Like, <laughs> it doesn't even, like, from what I can tell, 
I don't know how. Like, obviously, it's a fake technology, so they don't really get into how it works. But yeah. like, it, it's not a steam engine. The water doesn't boil off. No, in fact, I think at one point he poured water into a carburetor. Like, yeah, that yeah. Was the way he fueled it. Yeah, like, yeah, okay. yeah. All right. Uh, so like. Yeah, this is like 100% would solve all the problems. We would be able to figure out a new way to make tires because we have endless energy. Like, literally, there's the thing. <laughs> the Middle East is no longer a situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we have solved everything by solving the energy crisis. Fucking no. Nope. Some horseshit argument. But I do like the sort of end shot of, like, well, let's go on. Before we destroy this thing, we'll go on. One, One last, last magical. Like, so Frohiki gets to ride it again because that's kind of been half this thing the whole time. It's like... He wrote it as a kid, and it was this magical afternoon, and it opened yeah. up the world of possibilities. Like, if this is possible, then anything's possible. We can save the world. So he gets to go on one last ride, and, like, the camera kind of pans up on this big crane shot while they're driving around having a fun moment. And, like, there was enough seriousness in this episode. They treated the the sort of mission, if you will, seriously enough that to pay it off with, like, some light, happy yeah. joy – Worked for me. It, it was, was a great, a, it, it yeah. was fine. That part was fantastic. And I, I'm going to say this also. This is uh, the second episode that we've seen this. But they call the cops twice. Yeah, they call yeah. the cops again. The villain actually pays a price for his villainy. Jesus, who would have thought? <laughs> right, right. It's a fucking, like, even wrestling figures that out eventually, that the bad guys <laughs> got to lose at the end or no one cares. Like, okay. yeah, that is kind of storytelling one-on-one where they're failing on this show. But they, maybe they're turning it around. I haven't watched the next couple episodes, so. I mean, I've seen them before, but I haven't watched them recently, so who knows. Uh, this will be out Thursday. Anything you got to plug? Uh, still, I'm a sure thing this weekend, and then sure thing, and Austin Wednesday. Java on Saturday. Austin Java Word. Saturday, sure thing, and then next Wednesday I'm doing my album recording. Wednesday he's City. taping at Cap City, so definitely yeah. go to that if you're in Austin. Uh, also, if you're in Austin, I'll be on the Yellow Stage at Fun 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 Fest at 3:45 on Friday. Sunday I'll be hosting for Todd Barry and Doug Benson. Show. At the Fun 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 Fest night show at the ND. If you are in Houston, I will be there November 20th and 21st for whatever fest. I don't know what stages or whatever, but find me. I'll be doing comedy somewhere on there. At Chris Cubis, at Puddly Chef. Puddly Chef. P U D D L Y Chef on. L E Y. L E Y Chef on Twitter. Change that at some point. Yeah, at some point you gotta just become like your name or something, right? Uh, uh, Find us on iTunes. If you like us, rate us, give us a review. That would be fucking awesome. And, uh, oh, remember that you can listen to us on Stitcher. If you like Stitcher, please use that app. We're on there now, so definitely check that out. And we will see you next week.